Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. If you are driving and listening to this podcast, you better put your seatbelt on two times because this is going to knock you out of your seat. Anytime we hear the power of God transforming lives, that is going to fuel your faith. And I have my friend in the studio today, Sharon. It's so good to have you here today. I'm so grateful to be here. So honored to be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Well, you know, we're we are actually filming this in Delaware. Um, we are meeting up here at a, an author's event uh, for Christian authors. And you are a Christian author. You have written a book. What is the name of your book? Exposing the Pain, My Path to Freedom. Well, we're going to talk about that path because so many people have gone through things that are just mind-blowing, heart-shattering, but we know that there's a God that transforms us that can take a broken vessel and make it whole. What you have overcome Mm -hmm. and the faith that you've been able to put into God um, is just so, it has blessed me and it's just an honor to be in here with you today. But Talking about that path, Sharon, can you tell me a little bit about where your path began? Well, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. My mother was addicted to drugs. My mom was a single mother. By age 19, she had already given birth to four children. Mm. My mother had a fourth grade education, and I was the baby of the family. Um, We all had different fathers. So I grew up with no identity. I did not know why I was born. I just, I had no identity. So by age 12, I had given birth to my first child by cesarean. Mm. Age 14. Hold on. Let me stop you right there. Did you just say at age 12? At age 12. At age 12. Paint a picture for us really quick and help us understand. I know there's moms listening right now Mm. and my heart's just moved right now. And just tell me a little bit about that. Well, I was raped. Um, I was sexually abused. And nevertheless, I continued to sleep with the man who was 20 years old. I Mm. was 11. Mm. So by age, again, 14 years old, I found myself in the same dilemma. But this time, it was my mother's friend, one of her friends. Mm. He was almost triple my age. Wow. So by now, I thought my life there was, I mean, hopeless. Mm. I mean, when I say hopeless... I meant hopeless. I had a sixth grade education. No one loved me. My dad, he was a violent alcoholic, but he came to know the Lord. Wow. And that was the beginning. Was that the turning point for that you? That was the turning point. Man, let me just tell you, I, I, if you're listening to this right now, you need to stay tuned because you're going to hear something that is just so powerful. And I just feel the presence of the Lord right here. Even before we did this podcast, we just began to worship the Lord. And, you know, let me ask you as a little girl, you know, did you ever find yourself crying out to God? Did, was the Lord in your home? Did you, you know, what did that look like? Well, growing up, uh, we, we used to have a vacation Bible school and I would go down to vacation 
Bible school just for the cookies and punch. So that was the closest I got to the Lord. But I was just so bad that I was put out. So in my mind, I was even too bad for God. Wow. But, you know, that was the closest I got. And I just didn't believe God loved me. I I didn't, you know, I, I didn't grow up in church, you know, at eight years old, I can remember my grandmother giving me my first drink. I, I literally can remember smoking my first cigarette at age four, almost died. My goodness. And it was given to me by a relative. Wow. You know, and so many times, a lot of this destruction that happens in people's lives happens with family. Yes. And it happens in the home. A lot of people don't realize that. But you mentioned something. Your dad came to know the Lord. I want to hear about that. Well, uh Prior to him coming uh, to the Lord, I was about 15 years old, and I was in a violent shootout, Mm. okay? And by now, at 15, two children, sixth grade education, I am living with a drug dealer. Me and, you know, this drug dealer, now, he began to lavish me with stolen gifts. There you go. (laughs) You know, I'm getting all this attention. I'm thinking, wow, someone loved me finally. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 that was my thought pattern. And, um, I remember there was a hard knock on my door. I'm living a life beyond belief. I'm only 15 and a half. And so there was a hard knock on my door and I opened up the door without any warning. Gunfire erupted. Mm. The only thing that kept me from getting shot in the head, I, I reached to the right to grab my daughter, who was a year and a half. There was a gunman behind me. He was about 6'3". And as I ran beside him, he could have taken his arm out and knocked me across the right. head. But by the mercies of God mm. that I wasn't consumed, as I went around him, he turned bullets. I mean, pow, pow. And I could... The bullets literally grazed my face. Wow. And I ran. Mm. And I was in this little room. The only thing we had in this room was bunk beds because it was like an oversized closet, but we used it for like a, a, a bedroom. But there was curtains, not mm. even a door. I made a right, and I'm huddled in the corner. I, I was going to use my body as a human shield for my daughter, okay? And I could hear the gunman in the house. I didn't know he was shot because the bullet that could have hit me actually had hit him wow. in his chest. And so I'm in the corner crying out to a God I didn't know. Mm. But there was a God that knew me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, my favorite scripture, he knows the end from the beginning. For he knew the thoughts that he was thinking towards me. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give me a future and a hope. And I called on him standing there about to die. The gunman, he made a left. He took about five steps. It was in my little kitchen. He opened up that door. It was like a closet door in the kitchen. And nowhere else to go in the room where I was at. I just, I just remember the bullet just pow, pow, coming through. And right when he got to the doorpost, he dropped graveyard dead mm. right at my feet. My goodness. That man tried everything he could in his power to pick his hand up to shoot me. He died with his eyes wide open, blood just everywhere. Mm. Now I'm only 15. Yeah. Just a trauma. That's right. Childhood trauma, adolescent trauma, cesarean at 12 trauma, trauma, trauma. 
That's why I'm exposing the pain. Let me tell you, but God is a God who can take that trauma and brokenness. He can bring healing. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. It sounds like a movie that was produced somewhere. And the problem is that sometimes it's like we're so used to Mm -hmm. seeing things on the screen Mm -hmm. that are like fake stories. Mm -hmm. And we're just, you know, we we forget that there are children living in these kind of environments that are growing up. I mean, my heart as a mother to think that 11 years old, you go through a rape, you're pregnant by 12, you're pregnant by 14, you know, bullets are flying everywhere. You know, this is a life that my dad came out of. And when he gave his life to the Lord, you know what happened? Our lives were changed forever, (laughs) you know, because the curse was broken. And I believe the curse is broken in your life. I'm standing here, your daughter's in the studio and, and we see the power of God in your children's life. You have a son that's a missionary, that first child, right? He, he definitely, he was my first child. And I'm telling you now, he has his own testimony. Wow. But God brought him back. Amen. God brought him back. Yes. And now he is going into the hedges, the highways, mm. and he's getting, he's a street miss, missionary. Wow, I love that. Amen. Hey, look, just because your child may walk away for a minute doesn't mean that every seed and every prayer will not draw them back. Thank you, um, let me tell you something, Sharon. There are women, there are children and men. Sometimes we think it's just the women being raped, but that is not true. Mm-hmm. That's such a mm-hmm. lie in our society. There are boys that have been abused, um, but there are women that are trapped mm-hmm. in these situations. At what point, you know, you, you said you called out to a God that you didn't even know, but he knew you. Yes. At what point was that turning point for you that you gave your life to the Lord? Well, it was about a year and a half later after the shooting. I was in a really bad car accident. Drug dealer in the back, and I was in the front. And as we were driving, I I remember kneeling down to tie my shoe and bam! And so it just felt like my back was broken. And here, I'm 17 years old at this point. And I remember, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm about to die. I'm about to die. I um, remember this man, he walked up. He had such a gentle voice, and he said, her Mm. soul could have been lost in eternity. Her soul. Mm. And he said, you're going to be all right. He pleaded with me like I never heard before in my whole life. He said, please give your life to Jesus. Mm. He said, before it's too late. And this man, but what was so interesting is when um, when he came to her, she just turned like cherry red, like she had seen a ghost or something. And he pleaded, he said, before it's too late, give your life to Jesus. That was the point. I laid in that emergency room, but he told me I was going to be all right. He said, I called the ambulance. He said, you're going to be all right. And my life, just all of the pain, mm. man, I mean, the tears would not stop flowing. And I said, God, If this is all my life is going to amount to, I don't even want to live. And nevertheless, I ended up leaving. When I went back, I had to go back to the drug dealer's house. And you know what I did? I ended up, got my daughter, because my dad, who had became a Christian, he went to Crenshaw Christian Center, and, and he said, I'm praying for you. He said, I'm praying for you. And then my son, he would maybe this was about three months, he would come and visit me because he was living with my dad. Mm -hmm. 
because we both had gone to foster care. You right. know, that's a whole other story. But then he would sing songs about Jesus, and I was so convicted. This little boy singing about Jesus and telling me about the love of God. And I remember when I made my mind up after that accident, I'm done. I had nowhere to go, though. Right. I went back to get my daughter, and I was just going with the clothes on my back. The drug dealer, he went and got the 357 Magnum that he killed that man. And the wife, she was there. She went and got a butcher knife. said, you're not going anywhere. You promised to stay with us for the rest of your mm. life. Now, I didn't. You know what right. I was like? And I saw them for that moment. I saw the devil. It was like mm -hmm. for that moment, yeah. my eyes, it's like the scales. They fell off of my eyes. I thought, oh, my God. And I saw them because all we did was get high. I mean, and I was, I was so miserable. I was so miserable. I was scared of needles. So they gave me my first shot. I almost died. I almost overdosed off of crack. I, I'm just like, oh, my God. So my drug of choice was cough syrup. A drug is a drug is a drug. That's right. That's so, right. But at that point, my life was transformed. I remember riding the bus all night, and my thought, you don't have anywhere to go. Just go back. But I didn't. And I remember going to my mom's house, and she wouldn't let me in. She wouldn't let me in. And, mm. and, but a lady came out of her apartment, and she said that the Lord woke her up. And there was a young girl and a baby and invited me into her home. This woman was a Christian. Amen. And, and she, 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 I'm telling you, she began to pray for me. And that was the turning point 37 years ago. <laughs> Praise God. Won't he do it? God is so good. You, When you think you're abandoned, when you think you're alone, when you think God doesn't even know you're existing, he sends an angel, the first one to come tell you that you needed the Lord, Sharon. Did you know who that guy was? No, no, I, I Oh, I am I have this picture in my head. Sometimes we see accidents, we see situations, and sometimes now the culture is don't even stop, but we gotta stop and we've gotta tell them that this may be your last opportunity. Yes, yes. You know, I'm gonna tell you something, Sharon. When 2020 started, nobody could have ever told us the story that we would be facing all of this COVID mm -hmm, and everything mm -hmm, going on. Mm -hmm. But the Lord had birthed in my heart that in starting in January, just a fire to yes. Tell people yes. about the Lord. Yes. And I think of you lying there and I think, what if he did not tell you about the mm -hmm. Lord? You know, Sharon, I know your 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 husband is a pastor, you're an evangelist, you're mm -hmm. you're in ministry mm -hmm. there. But some people think it's only the job of the pastor to tell people about mm -hmm. the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have come out of this really a hellhole that God pulled you out of yes. and spiritually took you out of hell. We know that today you are right with the Lord. You are living with the Lord. And one day you're going to be with the Lord. But yes. in the meantime, you're now evangelizing and yes. sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. What message, Sharon, can you tell people right now that may be trapped in these lies? Because I believe like what you said, you said it was like demonic. Like yes. the yes. veil was yes. torn and you're seeing these people. Mm -hmm. um, Sharon, tell me really quick, what would you tell somebody? What is that life message? What would you tell them that can help them turn that life around? I, I want to tell you that you were birthed with a purpose. You know, 
my passion to please God caused me to walk into my purpose once I was rescued. I so relate to the woman at the well because her issue, we see primarily, yeah, men. She had six, well, uh, five husbands. The, the number six, he was not her husband. But nevertheless, man number seven came on the scene and delivered her. Ooh, I have never thought about that. He is man number seven. Yeah, man a number perfect seven. number. Praise it. God. Perfect deliverer. <laughs> perfect healer. He was the one that didn't tell her a bunch of sweet nothings. He was the one that did not abuse her. He was the one that did not misuse her. What he wanted to do was to heal that woman. And I was that woman at the well. I had no identity. See, that well... That was a deep hole, a deep, dark pit, empty. She said, Jesus, I don't have anything to draw with. All he wanted was a drink. Mm. What he was saying to her, in essence, give me a chance at your shattered and your broken life. That's right. Just give me a chance. But I don't have anything. I was that woman. So what I tell you today, God created you. God, there's purpose locked inside of you. And once you receive the love of God. We talk about how much God loves us. Yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We can say, but will you receive it? And when you receive the love of God, your life will be transformed. I left LA with a brown paper bag, two babies, a sixth grade education, And God, I'm telling you, you have to read the book to hear the rest of the story. (laughs) But I have a husband, 36 wonderful years. I never thought a man could even love me. My husband was a virgin. My husband, I'm telling you, he have demonstrated the love of Christ to me. How? You may be hopeless. I wanted to die, but the only thing that kept me alive was those two children I had by 14. If I didn't have those children... I probably would have taken my own life, but God had a purpose. God knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you're feeling right now. I promise you on my life, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, oh, he'll do a miracle. He'll take a horrible mess. He will cause hope to come alive. He will fill you with hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, he will cause you to, when you wake up in the morning, your life will be worth living. It's not over. It's not over. It can be just the beginning. Your new day can be today, like right now, wherever you are, right this moment. Trust Jesus. Receive his love. Don't just talk about it. Yeah, he loves you, but he's ready for you to receive his love so he can transform your life. You know, Sharon, I love what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is that if you are in Christ, you are a new creation and the old things pass away. Behold, all things are new. You're listening today. Maybe you didn't come out of such a tragic life, but you know what? We can be in sin right where we are. We can have unforgiveness. Maybe you have a husband that walked away and you still are not over it. You want to hold on to the hurt and the pain and you're living a life of bondage. We think of drug addiction as a bondage, but hate and bitterness and unforgiveness, a coveting. You see what your neighbor has. You want to have that. You're never satisfied. 
satisfied with what God has for you. And I want to tell you that the same freedom that Sharon has found and that I have found in my own life is available to you. So not only do we want to fire you up with your faith today, but I believe God is speaking to somebody that is listening that has walked away because maybe you thought that your situation was too much for God to handle. And we're going to do this. You know, I want to pray over anybody listening to this program today. And the first prayer I want to do is this. Maybe you know who God is, but you have just stepped away. You're not making him the center of your life. You know, even with what's happening in the world today, it could be your finances, Mm -hmm. that that's more important. It's what you talk about. It's what you wake up and think about every day instead of thinking about God. I want to tell you that he is waiting for you to love on him and praise on him and just release your hurts and your pains. He is big enough to handle it. He's going to do that for you just like he did it for my friend Sharon. So I want to pray for you right now. Just join me. If you're driving in a car, if you're in your office, wherever you are, if you're doing your morning exercise and you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, we're just going to pray together right now. And you could just kind of say these words in your heart, but just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, because you love me. I know that I have sinned. I have put other things, my pain, my hurt, my shame in front of you. But I know that you died on the cross so I can be saved. So I ask you to come into my heart and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to live for you, Jesus, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, I believe that if you prayed that, you are saved, you are secure, and that God is going to open his arms for you and receive you in. But look, those are my words. Sharon, you had to pray your own words. That's right. And her moment was her moment, right? It's just not me praying over you. You got to believe it with your heart, the Bible says, and confess it with your mouth. And today you are in ministry. Mm-hmm. You're touching lives. Guys, you got to get a hold of her book. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Sharon, if they wanted your book, how do they find that? Well, I have a website. Um, they can go to exposingthepain.org. Exposingthepain.org. And you can get a copy. You can see the clip, uh, The 700 Club. My book was endorsed by Rick Hamlin. Um, with guidepost, and um, they can get a copy. But it's just, like I said, it's more than a book. Mm-hmm. It's a devotional. And it's not ironic that you talked about those that may have walked away from the Lord because I have 10 life declarations. And the first declaration, I will forgive the mm. unforgivable. So and many times, you know, I've, I've walked with the Lord now but only by his grace for 37 years. And it's been a whole lot. But he's been faithful. Amen. He's been faithful. So I'm telling you, God is good. And if she can forgive Mm. the things that she's gone through, you can forgive. Some of you need to start by forgiving your family, your neighbor, your coworker. I love that. Is there one more you can share with us? Because, man, that's good. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I talk about um, my DNA divine notable ability so my dna uh, you know genetically has been broken destroyed utterly i have the dna because of jesus christ's blood oh that is so good look you have it we have it when you believe in god we're joint heirs amen and so look 
I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It is about fueling your faith. It is about trusting in a God that can lift us up out of any pit. His word says that if we're in a pit, he will pull us up and put our feet on solid rock. So look, if you are wavering, if a storm is in your life and you keep on toppling over back to addiction, back to sex, back to drugs, back to men, and you're not pulling and putting your trust in Jesus, you need to build yourself upon a solid rock. We need something solid today. Yes, Amen. Yes, especially now. But I often say coronavirus was a purifier. That's what it was. And I'm telling you, God is doing a work in his body. God is doing a work. So I'm so grateful that I am learning just to continue to cast all of my cares upon him. And I thank God because I know that he cared for me and he cares for you too. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to know God is to know the peace of God. So for those of you that have prayed, I'm telling you, amazing things are going to happen. Amen. Well, we believe it. It was so great having you here today with us. And I just look forward to continuing to build our relationship and following up where God's taking and leading you. But remember this, when you put your trust in God, he will fuel your faith. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you click below and join us as we grow in God's word. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.